Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Don't let me down. Bruce. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's didn't let us down tonight, David. Underrated band of the 1970s, Bruce Yellow. You never hear them anymore. But... Um, Rarely. Maybe you play them. Maybe it's Shea McCurdy. Do you play it yellow? I still got uh, um, Fear... No, not Fear of Music. What is that one called? Oh, man. Huh. Anyway. Um, I, I, I still have some yellow in my collection. I liked them a lot. I liked them, I liked them when they were the move, before they were yellow, in the early 70s, late 60s. You were an encyclopedia of hockey, hockey and music knowledge. Bruce, the face, Oilers face the music. It's called face, face the music. The Oilers won a huge game tonight for them, four-three um, over the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime. Uh, the Oilers have been not a bad team all year in the scoring chance metric, but they have haven't uh, been able to get even any loser points in their six losses. Yeah. So this was an absolutely crucial win. When you're when you're when you've only got three wins in nine games, you better win the next one. You cannot start to suck too bad and um they won and they really deserve to win bruce again i, I against I the so. leafs i think they were the better team i think actually they've been the slightly better team in all four games if yeah if i was completely telling you the truth what do you think what what was your take of tonight's game just generally oh well it was uh, it was exciting you know like both teams came out giving her and that was you know it was a good sort of saturday night hockey night in canada put on a show for the fans like some of the earlier Toronto Edmonton games were pretty uh, close to the vest and, and not all that interesting at times, to be frank. But uh, tonight's game was wide open and for, at first, and in the third period it got a little tighter, checking and, and much, of course, more tense with points on the line where one mistake could be the difference between one point and a chance at a second one versus another night with nothing to show for it. And we've seen that. This, you know, this was the sixth game in a row that the orders have been tied in the third period and the first one that actually made it to overtime. So they've Whew. been, uh, yeah, they lost, they won the first one of those games then they lost three out of the next four, giving up a lot of go ahead goals against in the third period. And uh, tonight they had that one Toronto power play, man, I was sweating bullets during that, during the <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> third period power play, which uh, uh, the Oilers, uh, PK unit has been struggling mightily, to say the least. But uh, thanks to uh, uh, some miraculous work from uh, the big man between the pipes and some good penalty killing in between times, uh, they they got through that emergency, and uh, that was a key uh, key part of you know keeping the game under control. Yeah, they uh, they finally have moved away from Turris on the PK, and it, it looks like Drysaddle's essentially taken his spot, which is more ice time for Leon, but. Uh, all right, Bruce, this is our uh, two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. And because it was a huge win for the Oilers, we'll go with two good things each. Um, I'll start it off with Koskinen because he's all, we've all, you, you mentioned the two the, uh, saves he made in the, um, in the third period. He was just, um, he hasn't been the best goalie on the ice most games this year. And even arguably this game, Freddie Anderson, you know, made some big saves as well. But... Koskinen made the big save in overtime 
on Nylander on a very dangerous shot, and Freddie Anderson didn't. So I'll, I'm going to give this to Koskinen. And when you have the best goalie on the night, you, you very often have the win on the night. Koskinen, uh, it was starting out versus kind of a typical Koskinen performance, I hate to say, in that um, the Oilers were badly outchancing the Leafs early in the game, and yet the Leafs scored on their grade-A chances when they had them. And again, Koskinen didn't look necessarily bad on any of the goals against. They were all pretty good shots, but he didn't make the save. Changed in the third period, though, Bruce. These two saves he made early in the third on, I think it was Marner and Hyman. Um, mm, no. Just, was that on the, uh, was that on the peak, was that on the power play or not? No. No, that was at even strength. And um, just just, just absolutely critical saves. You give Mitch Marner all that time down low in the slot. That's a really ugly moment. Or was that, am, am I talking about the, was that in the I think second? that was early in the second. Yeah. That was early in the second. And then early in the third, there was some, some more heroics. That sliding glove save. Um, well, the power play. Yeah. Chance where Adam Larson tried to clear it and he didn't miss, you know, he rifled one waist high. And Mitch Marner somehow took the thing right out of the air, under control. And, I mean, Good poor, Lars, poor Larson gets charged with the turnover, you know, by our count and the error on the play. But holy moly, that was a phenomenal play by Marner. And then looked like he had Koskinen beat and, and uh, like he walked, went wide and he fired one just inside the post. And Miko did the full three-meter man diving lunge and got the leather on it. That was a, just a breathtaking save. Not the kind of save you usually see in hockey of six-foot-seven goalie diving full length to get a piece of a shot, but <laughs> that's what was needed on that play. And if he'd been six-foot-five, I don't think he would have got it. Let's put it that way. That was just a, a tremendous, tremendous save. Uh, yeah, the, And it would have uh, been a killer goal if Toronto had scored on that power play. It would have been over. Point. We know it would have been over because that's yeah. uh, too disheartening. Yeah, the Marner and the Hyman saves came in the second period. Uh, my mistake there. And then it was the big save again on Marner. I think that was Marner who shot that puck. Yes. Man, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, there's at least four, four or five alarm uh, shots from Toronto in that game. And mm-hmm. um, I think Koskinen got all of them. So, uh Hell of a, that's, that's good playing. That's what you need to win games. So good for him. What's your good thing, Bruce? Yeah, well, my good thing, number one, uh, I'm going to compliment players and star players on both teams. Uh, this, any Edmonton versus Toronto game is a, is a big matchup between four superstar centers. There's no other way to put it. Three first overall draft choices in Connor McDavid, John Tavares, and, and Austin Matthews. And one lowly third overall draft choice in uh, in Leon Dreisaitl. And all four of those big men came to play. They put on a show uh, of the six goals in regulation. Uh, One of those four guys had a primary point, either the goal or the first assist on all six of the goals. Made a key play on all of them. And then, of course, on the overtime winner, two of them combined to score and have the primary helper when uh, McDavid tipped home that great dry sidle pass to decide it. But I just thought that the teams, and especially led by their big stars, and you can add Mitch Marner to that list as well, who was a you know, exceptional player for Toronto, who 
put on a show. Like this was a game worthy of Hockey Night in Canada. This is the kind of hockey you want to see. And nice to see it come from Edmonton. And nice to see Edmonton beating the Leafs at Rogers Place for the first time ever. Uh, that was due. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, just hats off to to, to uh, the big guns on both teams. They put on a whale of a show. And at the end of the night, we had uh, McDavid with three points, Dry Settle Tavares with two each, and Matthews with one. Bruce, uh, McDavid's goal, his first goal. Oh, we don't often see uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid smile like that, like that, that smile. But he, after he scored, he was kind of calm for like, for like three seconds and then he just he just couldn't he just the grin exploded out of him just like he exploded past those uh Leafs defenders man he just he just made he just went around he turnstiled Muzzin and he <laughs> he uh he but he went around all four players as he yeah. made that rush yeah. you know he beat uh, beat them all and then beat the goalie with a great stick feint before shooting the puck you know backhand to forehand really quick it was just it was uh, it's it's a career it's what it's a career highlight goal. It's one of those that could be on his career highlight reel. You know, it's there's going to be, be a long reel, but that's one of them for sure. That's, I mean, that's you know the, there's the one last it's... year, yeah, and then this year this is it mm-hmm. so far. It's that's it. So way to well, go, Connor McDavid. Game two, but uh, yeah, this was uh, one of those ones before they even showed the first replay. They're going, well, that's an all timer, and it was. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing about the replays, uh, and, and watch carefully when you see this goal on replay, as you probably will another 500 or 1,000 times this year, the very unusual and cool thing that happens is that the Toronto left defenseman, desperately trying to check McDavid, somehow gets his stick wedged in the back of McDavid's skate boot, between uh-huh. the skate boot and the back of his calf, and he lifts his leg, almost an old Picard on Bobby Orr style. So McDavid going in, instead of putting his foot back down, it's lifted out of position. He's hanging on one leg like Mark Messier while he's doing this little backhand to forehand, stick it right in the top corner move while he's, you know, off balance and sort of encountering something they didn't expect. All on one foot. Like, it's just an unbelievable play. Incredible to watch. And the more I watched the replay, the more I gasped. at How did he actually (laughs) stay under control? long enough to do that because I, I don't think i've ever seen a guy tripped or fouled there but i mean you could have called it hooking tripping whatever because the, the stick actually got caught in his in the back of his skate like in a weird place but that was uh i was just uncanny i uh at a million miles an hour i must not forget that part <laughs> i really love dry game bruce and mm-hmm. um I just thought he his hustle. There was one back check where he just came back so hard on the play and and probably stopped the goal against. That was the most he's hustled in a game all year. Mm-hmm. He finally had. I think he's, I think he's actually been a little slow all year long. He hasn't played mm-hmm. brought his A game truly, but tonight we saw it. The the two way player that Leon Draisaitl could be, and culminating with just an absolutely brilliant uh, mind f of the Leafs defenseman on the winning goal. Drysaddle was looking, looking into the middle of the ice, looking in the middle of the ice, looking in the middle of the ice, just waiting for McDavid to burst through. And the defenseman was, as as a consequence, was up high on Drysaddle. And then Drysaddle extends his arms and pushes the pack, put, the puck past the Leafs defenseman to McDavid. And it was all due to that brilliant feint of Leon Drysaddle. He is such a clever hockey player, and uh, uh, just so 
great hustle, great smarts, and great game. So I gave him an eight out of 10, just like I gave McDavid. I, I had to mark McDavid down a little bit, Bruce, because there was one shift in the in the second period when Marner and, and Hyman got those chances that he was on walkabout. Uh, he had been puck watching, and that's what was a major contribution. Him and Bear both got caught out on that play, and, and uh, the Toronto didn't score was kind of a minor miracle there. So, um, Yeah, plus seven second. for Leon on the year, by the way, on a minus five team, so... For all yeah, that, his terrible, but the, just, he, he hasn't been burned for goals. He has on on the times that he has had defensive uh, mistakes. But I, here's here's an example, and this is where our, our system is not, is good, but it's not perfect. There was a play, and I think you referenced it already, where Toronto guy had a had a partial breakaway coming up the middle on a terrible line change. Well, it wasn't it actually was a good line change, but it was a terrible dump out by Zach Cassian and it change where all of the orders were on the same yeah. on the bench well, side and bad. i said i said to my wife here comes a breakaway and sure enough the pass comes up the other side and leon busted his ass to get over there and get a piece of that shot and deflect it wide but then about 10 seconds later there was a, a shot from the corner that got tipped in front a much less dangerous shot than the one he stopped but we docked leon for not making the defensive play on the second one when his net contribution to that play was likely saving a goal right so anyway, he, he makes big defensive plays, but he does make mistakes, and we count the mistakes. So that's a... Yeah. I think McDavid's been the better two-way player all year, but th mm -hmm. this game, uh, Dreisaitl came to the fore. This, this, his line had its best game as well, and they didn't really create a ton, but they did mm -hmm. get the goal. Cahoon finally got off the schneid, a word nope. that neither of us can probably spell. Um, right. But um, so my... my uh, Second nice good goal thing, too. Yeah, that was a nice goal. Man, did he ever need it? He, he that was his. I think it was his seventh grade A shot on net, and he finally got got one in. Yeah. Um, my second good thing. I'm just going to quickly run through. I just thought Jones and uh, Larson were really solid at even strength, um, and Jones probably had his best game of the year. Larson, I know, has gotten some criticism, Bruce, but I, I really have seen him as a strong defensive player, aside from a few glaring mistakes on a few goals against. But this was just another really solid defensive game from Adam Larson. And I keep saying this, but I, I do believe it's true. If you didn't have Adam Larson on your team, you'd be forever looking for that defenseman because he is a big, solid defensive, shutdown defenseman who can take on really strong attackers and get the job done. Um, they were more solid than Bear and Nurse were tonight. Uh, Larson and Jones. They were the 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 most effective defensive pairing on the orders. So I, I, I really like both of them. And I thought also Tyson Berry. Um, finally, we saw a more active and agile attacking player, someone who seemed to want to make some good plays and, you know, was going to take, was going to do it, was going to show mm -hmm. what he has in the game. And he did it. Now, he didn't have a mm -hmm. perfect game. He made some mistakes right. on uh, grade A chances against, but he he made some strong contributions to the play and the Oilers really needed that from him. We needed to see the best Tyson Berry because I was thinking like, I was starting to think, why not play Evan Bouchard uh, mm -hmm. instead of him? Uh, but now he, he showed why he, he belonged in the lineup with that game. What's your next good thing? Uh, I'm going to give a tip of the hat to the fourth line. Yeah. Uh, uh, who had a you know a pretty good game all things considered uh, they didn't play a whole lot but when they played they uh, uh, they did the, their thing they created one uh, well two fantastic scoring chances 
uh, that created a third fantastic scoring chance that was a penalty shot. Uh, but by 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 hard work and driving the net and uh, you know just creating a disturbance in front and and uh, it was one of those cases where the guy gloved the puck in the crease that was going in the net and on the, such a play of course uh, uh, the option is with the coach of the uh, uh, non-offending team as a record uh, as the uh, rule book says uh, that didn't commit the foul. Uh, they can choose any player who's on the ice to take the penalty shot. And of course, you look out in the ice, no McDavid, no Dreisaitl. <laughs> and you got the fourth line out there. And I said to my wife, I said, the ref's going to go over to, to uh, Dave Tippett and say, it's your choice. Who do you want? Huey, Dewey, or Louie? <laughs> and then, of course, they, they did pick uh, uh, Tyler Ennis to take the shot, and he missed the net, which is unfortunate in terms of that situation. <laughs> I personally, I would have picked Tyson Berry. I would have said, let's go with the guy that hates Toronto the most. <laughs> yeah. That just got dealt out of Toronto. Probably the most offensively skilled of the five guys on the ice at that particular time. But anyway. Dennis is pretty skilled, though. But yeah. Well, he needs to hit the net. Oh, that was so, that was anyway, so demoralizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever need proof about how demoralizing mm-hmm. it is on a grade A chance when you miss the net? Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Anyway, the fourth line... Minus Devin Shore plus Connor McDavid scored a huge goal at the end of the first yeah. period to give the orders the, the, the lead they richly deserved. And it was a strong play by both Ennis and Archibald uh, along the boards uh, with Ennis jumping on the puck, feeding it to Archibald. Archibald rifled a pass along the wall that most players probably wouldn't be able to handle, but he rifled it to Connor McDavid who handled it fine. And then, McDavid made such an exquisite pass back out the short side. I swear I looked at the replay in slow motion about 20 times that McDavid actually made the puck turn on its end when it went around the net. Because if it had been flat, it would have hit the net on the way by. (laughs) I don't know if he did it on purpose, but that is what happened. And uh, Josh Archibald uh, uh, went to the the net, and uh, he... uh, uh, I always think of our friend Murdoch Davis, GTTFN, he says, go to the net, and I'll let you fill in the blank for yourself. And uh, that's what Archibald did, and McDavid hit him on the tape, and Archibald just banged it home in the first, his second of the year, but the other was an empty netter, so he actually beat a goalie for the first time. As did Dominic Cahoon, and maybe we're starting to see a little bit of fleshing out of the scoring where we were getting just almost all of the scoring from very few players. So so that was big. And then almost in the dying seconds of the game, again, Archibald had a glorious chance to win it. And there, unfortunately, he didn't pick the corner. And uh, Freddie Anderson came across and made the great emergency save. But the fact was, for the little bit of time that those guys played, uh, they spent some of it in the other team's end, and they... They created chances and one goal in the process. So credit where due. We've needed anything from the fourth line, and we got something tonight. All right. Uh, bad things. My bad thing is is mildly bad. I, I, I'm I'm not. I just think Jesse Jesse Pulley RV is kind of um, not really in sync on the top line, and. Um, he uh, he made two turnovers that led to uh, Toronto's was it their first goal, second goal, uh, their their second goal. He, you know, he first he made a neutral zone turnover, and then in his own zone he lost a board battle and made a turnover. And 
um, the uh, the Leafs were off to the races from there in scoring. He, I just think, you know, has he scored this year? I don't even think nope. he scored a goal. He hasn't scored a goal. You got to score in the NHL and you got to make plays with your teammates. And though I, I do see excellent hustle mm-hmm. and he doesn't give up much defensively, although that turnover was, was a mistake. Um, he, he's positionally strong defensively. He's in on the forecheck, uh, popping pucks, but he's not combining well with, with his teammates. Um, generally speaking, he did set up McDavid, I think, for one nice chance. But other than that, Bruce, there's just timing issues with him and his teammates that um, are ongoing that we're seeing. And, um, you know, the plan was to have him on the third line most of the year. Um, I, I think maybe that's not a bad idea. I know people dread the idea of Zach Cassian going to the top line, and I can see why. You know, the turnover that you, you pointed out in the... Uh, leading to that goal against um, yeah. in well, what, leading to that breakaway. Yeah. Breakaway. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, case in point. I don't think Cassian should go there, but I think James Neal maybe has earned a chance. I li- I've been liking James Neal's hustle and his smarts. So um, anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I didn't love Pugliarby's game and I think he's struggling. Yeah. Well, you know, when he was on the ice, the orders outshot the Leafs seven to two. They got outscored one nothing. It was a mistake, but he he did make some nice plays. Like I wouldn't rip his game, but there's more there. Like we can see it, and some of it's just a matter of like he's a freelancer. And and there was I think two different plays where McDavid just tries to feather the puck ahead until the Pugliarvi can can race in on goal, but both times yes it takes kind of a strange angle instead of drifting over in towards the middle of the ice or, you know, where the hole is, where the, you know, that'll be given the shortest route to the net. He, he went in a different direction. McDavid missed him with the pass and iced the puck the one time. It could have been a breakaway for the Oilers. Instead, it was an icing. And it just so reminded me of those plays and where you see in football where you have this disciplined quarterback, you know, drops back one, two, three, Hold, hit that mark over there, and the receiver sort of halfway through his route so decides, oh, there's an opening, and maybe I'll cut left instead of right. <laughs> and the quarterback winds up giving them a dirty look as they line up for the next huddle, and uh, you know the chance is gone. And uh, they and such players tend to be like supremely athletically talented, and they can make things happen. And you got to think it's going to come. Like it's just got, they just have to click, and they have to get to the point where. McDavid is able to anticipate successfully what Yes is going to do, and to some extent where Yes starts to recognize these are where the lanes are, this is how the pattern of the play goes, and if I follow that pattern, I'm going to get the puck more often than not, and I think that's still a work in progress, and he, he he's a uh, uh, just a bit of a freelancer, and by no means is that all a bad thing, but it's uh, it, 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 it does lead to challenges for teammates. Bruce, what's your bad thing? Oh, got to be that 1-1 goal late in the first period after the Oilers had dominated play and richly deserved the one nothing lead that they had. And then all of a sudden, one sloppy shift by the still underperforming third line, mm-hmm. uh, which tonight combined for one shot on net at the other end of the ice. So you need them to do their job in the defensive zone. And to my eyes, it was like a five-on-two 
there was one Toronto guy that was deep in the zone that wasn't really around the puck. Like he, he did have, you know, he did come into play once Toronto got the puck, but there's basically five Oilers and only two Leafs checking them. And Zach Cassian went in, he lost the battle. And then the uh, puck came to James Neal. And uh, I mean, credit were due. Again, it was a great play by John Tavares. He was all over the puck and they just couldn't handle him. But you think two or three against one, you ought to be able to do something about it. And just the puck support wasn't there. And Neil coughed the puck up. And then the uh, third forward tourist got beaten and the defenders got beaten. This is where the, the guy deep in the zone came into play. And I, and, uh, uh, I think he was the one who wound up uh, wound up tipping it home, but uh, uh, good play by Tavares. But it, from a defensive zone perspective, it was an absolute omelet. And it was. I'm a- sure Dave Tippett will be running some film on that uh, video. I guess they call it nowadays, and uh, on that uh, uh, on that sequence, and he's not going to be happy with what he sees. Well, Bruce, three veteran players, and they all go for the stick check. Mm-hmm. They all don't. Yeah. They don't play the man. They don't play the body. They play the puck. And three guys, Cassian, first Cassian, and then the other two. Come on, like, it's not good enough. And Kyle Turris, um, he's playing his way out of the lineup. He only played. He played less than ten minutes tonight. And um, I don't know what Haas's status is. I keep bringing this up. I hope he's okay. Uh, but the mm-hmm. second he's ready, you got to go with him and Shore and give Turris a sit, is what I would do at this point. Uh, Turris is minus nine, and he's tied with Anthony Mantha of Detroit for the worst such mark in the NHL. Yeah, and a lot games. of it, a lot of it's earned, right? It's yeah. not just, oh, yeah. it's not yeah, just I mean, out there on the ice. He's mm-hmm. he's at the center deep. of some of these plays. So I, I do see some good things in his game now and then, but I just wonder. I just think he's not. It maybe does he need? Is he not? After being off so long, is he not in great shape? Is that what's going on? Uh, is he not up to speed? Because he just seems a little slow. You know, there's some good moments out there. I'm not I'm not saying you never play him again, but I just think, right. you know, as soon as you're ready to go with uh, someone else, go with someone else, because I'm not seeing um, the, the performance that you need to stay in the lineup. Well, honestly, uh, they didn't sign the guy for his defensive prowess, and he's never been, like, a great defensive player. But the idea was that he was going to get some back the other way. And- that has been very imbalanced to this point. But Bruce, they did sign him for his defensive prowess. They, they had him. He's going to be the PK guy. He's taken over for Riley Sheehan. And um, no. so so maybe not at even strength. But, you know, they were they did have in mind. Uh, Tippett did have in mind this player that he coached years ago. I don't know what when that world championship was who got it done as kind of the checking center. And, and the and he thought he could adapt to that role. And maybe he still can. But he's he's just behind the play and he's not, he's not making plays and he's not defending them. So, um, Bruce, what's your number? Uh, I'm going to go with the number nine and that is the number of shot attempts by, um, Tyson Barry tonight, including five shots on net, uh, three that were blocked, one that missed the target. Um, but by far his biggest such number of the year, he's had four or five shot attempts in a few other games but I think it's 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 a number that reflects his involvement in this game. I've never seen him be more central to the game, handle the puck as much, get involved in the play, get involved in the rush. And uh, he wound up with two assists on the night, uh, both sort of routine passes in the neutral zone, so, you know, to McDavid or Drysaddle. But, uh, you know, he got the puck into the, onto the stick of the right guy in both cases. But... Uh, uh, 
It wasn't so much the assists that were that were just kind of prox uh, they were just kind kind of rote plays, but I think the shot attempts number gives a, gives an indication of this. A guy who really was involved in the game tonight, he really wanted to beat the Leafs. I, I think after his experience there last year, that uh, uh, motivation was not a problem with him tonight. And this was easily the best he's looked as an Edmonton Oiler through ten games. Alrighty. My number is, my numbers are 56 and 40. In the four games against the Leafs, Edmonton has had 56 grade A scoring chances. The Leafs have had 40. So they, they are, the two teams are two and two with the Leafs with a, with a loser point as well out of that. So, yeah. um, but I, I, you know, any thought that the Oilers are the inferior team to the Leafs, I, I know that. That's not what the standings say right now. But I'm not, head to head at least, the Oilers match up very well against Toronto. I think it's safe to say this year. And um, I don't see that changing. I think um, the Leafs play kind of a finesse game, and that suits the Oilers, I think. And uh, it's a good signal. I think that the, it's Montreal obviously dominated uh, Edmonton. And that's the one team that we've seen, but every other team. It's been pretty mm-hmm. close. So um, I'm still liking the owner's chances here, Bruce. They, they have generally, except, the, you know, except against Montreal, uh, been in, they've been in all the games and they've outchanced the other teams in, in most of those games. And they have, of course, they've just got the four wins. Uh, but that's, that can happen um, early in a year. And puck luck can change and goaltending can change. And hopefully the others will get a little better of both. Of course, now they're severely challenged in that, right? Because they've got a game tomorrow night against Ottawa. And what are you going to do? Yeah. What would you do? Oh, well, I, I talked to Koskinen and be the first thing I do. But uh, uh, I think it's, they're probably, I mean, they know they got three days off coming up right away. Uh my tendency would be to give the other guy, Troy Grosnick, Grosnick uh, a chance. Uh, he did dress tonight as the backup goalie, so he's clearly the number two choice. They've moved Stuart Skinner to the taxi squad. They've moved yeah. uh, uh, Dylan Wells to the AHL team, and they've got at least an experienced backup now, but his NHL experience was like six seasons ago. But... Um, with uh, Koskinen facing another back-to-back tomorrow and, you know, what would be his 11th game in 19 days, it might be an ideal time to uh, uh, to give him a break. I, tomorrow's game scares me. Right. Ottawa is just sitting watching tonight, and they're, they're hurting off a seven-game losing streak. And uh, If I'm Ottawa, if I'm an Ottawa player or coach, I'm saying, this is our chance. You know, Edmonton's just come off a great big emotional win Good chance they're going to come up, come out at the beginning of the game, slow and sloppy. Let's just take it to them and see what happens. And that's frankly what I expect is a is a uh, bit of a sloppy game tomorrow. And hopefully the Oilers just have enough talent and put up a, you know, a few goals that they're that they're able to uh, to win it. But I, I predict it will be non Rembrandt style of game tomorrow. Maybe Won't that's as a good, good as tonight's game. Maybe that's a good psychological reason to go with Grosnick because I agree. This is a the Oilers in recent years haven't been been able to build off big wins, big emotional wins. They've come out flat in the next game, and they have often come out flat against weaker teams as well. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a double whammy that we have mm-hmm. going here. Of course, Edmonton is still presumably desperate to uh, 
to win. Need need to win the two games against Ottawa. And, you know, this is a very uh, young team uh, in Ottawa, but um, let's just see who's uh, putting up the points for them and getting the ice time. They uh, got spanked 16 to 3 in three games in Vancouver. Wow. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris. Yeah, they've got enough players that can score. That, uh, but they're a very young team, and um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, maybe maybe go to Grossnick because you want to shake the team up, like have them think, well, we we've got to play solid defensive hockey here, and um, protect our protect this goalie and really be tight. You know, maybe that'll do it, as opposed to. So what do you? That, that's one thought. Yeah, well, one school of thought I could say is that they might just say, well. And, and after Tuesday, we got some days off, and we gave Mikko a rest day on Friday. He didn't go show up to practice. He was good last night. Let's just go back with him. And it wouldn't astonish me at all if that's uh, Tippett's choice. But uh, if there was a game to play, <laughs> the other guy, this would be the game. Yeah. Yeah, Ottawa. Well, they've had some disappointments, like Dadanov and Galchenyuk. Just one goal each for those two guys. So, Artem. <laughs> yes. Jinx, jinx, jinx. All right, I'll shut up now. I'll shut up now. Yeah, well, no, we're both. We'll hear I, other names on the PA tomorrow now. <laughs> and, uh, we're both very worried about that team. So, I'm, I'm mentioning that, yeah, like, worry about those guys because they're desperate to break loose, too. Ah, That's we'll where those regulation we'll losses are. You know, like the orders are four and six. They split four series. But the way to split a series is the way Toronto just did, three points yeah. in two games, whereas Edmonton got two points in all their splits. So, All right. Well, if they got four games against Ottawa coming up, I understand. Is that right? Yeah, four out of the next five, I think it is. They play, when they, they, got, they play Sunday, Tuesday. They come back Saturday uh, in Calgary against the Flames, next Hockey Night in Canada. And then I believe they go to Ottawa and play back-to-back Monday, Tuesday. So, big moment for the Oilers. Schedule, man. Yeah. Well, it's a harsh schedule. Well, it's tough. It's tough if you only got one goalie. Let's put it that way. So, well, let's. Grossnick is a good AHL goalie. I mean, he's a very good AHL goalie, Bruce. Uh, So, I'm not against starting him. He's only 31 years old. Maybe he's the next Tim Thomas. Next Wayne Rolfson. Does happen. (laughs) All right, let's leave it there. And uh, we'll talk again tomorrow night. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.